Michael, I'm yeah. sweating. I'm hot. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, what more do we need for a start of the show? Hello and welcome to episode four of Analog on Relay FM. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Igloo and Lynda.com, an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. Instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software and web development, graphic design, and more. For a free trial, visit Lynda.com slash analog. But I have more to tell you about both of those fantastic sponsors as the show goes on. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by my lovely co-host, the wonderful... Mr. Casey Liss. In British English, is lovely typically a can-go-either-way man or woman thing, or is it typically a woman thing? I mean, probably both. Because in American English, it typically implies that you're speaking of a woman. Or Casey Liss. What are you trying to say? That you're lovely. So we, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard, a hard time. How are you, Mike? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good now that I'm talking to you. I mean, I'm well. Sorry, that was terrible grammar, and I'm going to get yelled at for that. I am well. <laughs> I a, am well. We are off to a fine start. So let's get the show on the road. We have some follow-up. Yeah, we have a few things today. Um, white whale has caught on as a, as a phrase. I've been seeing people talk about that this week, which has been, it's been fun to watch. I, I actually have not seen much of that. I've seen some friends, you know, privately IM or text message me or what have you asking who my white whale was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you um, tell anyone? I've told anyone who, you know, I've, I already know. You know, I, I wouldn't tell like random person on the internet, but I've told um, a few of my friends. Erin actually sent me a text message as she was wa- doing her morning walk listening to the show <laughs> out of the blue. Hey, who's your white whale? It's <laughs> like, oh. Um, Casey, so, yeah, that has been kind of funny. Who is your white whale? You are Michael. Oh, so close. Not, not quite. So you do the editing, anyways. Well, no, hang on a minute. You demand the editing. <laughs> you don't do it. I do it. You demand it. I want to argue with you. That is abs- but that is absolutely factual. It's, so, it's wh- been fun to watch Jason Snell taunt Joe Steele all week about <laughs> about the fact that Jason is Joe's white wheel, uh, whale, and wheel. Uh, that was that was amusing to the point where at one point Jason sent Joe an image of a white whale, which was just <laughs> utterly fantastic. <laughs> and the best thing is, like, if I did that, I think that people would think, "Wow, what a jerk!" Yeah, but Jason Snell is like the nicest human alive, so he can get away with those things. That's the benefit of being a nice person. Yep. Yeah. If you're just genuinely a nice person, then then people, you know, will accept it when when you play jokes on people. Right. I'm going to try and find... Oh, I found it. because I just found it as well. Because Twitter's very useful in having the uh, image thing. Man, your uh, Google Foo is, is incredible. It is I'm pretty very good. Impressed. It's pretty good. Let's stay humble now. It's pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> I'm being humble. So it's pretty good. It's actually excellent. <laughs> I see how it is. But so, okay, where, where have you seen it catch on other than in, um, in the Joe Steele... Uh, Jason Snell conversation. I think people have just been talking to me about it, maybe. Um, oh yeah, I, I, yeah. But I've I've observed a few conversations. That's fantastic. Now you know who my white whale is. Yeah. Do you happen to know if that individual listens to this program? I don't actually. That's fine. I, I was just curious. I hope so. 
I hope so too. But you know what? Some, you win some, you lose some. In your case, you just continue to lose them. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. That is cold. Well, I have my own white whales. Nobody asked me who mine was. Or I is. did. Well, yeah, except you. I did, and I've already promptly forgotten. Hmm. Well, it's you. <laughs> sure it is. Anyway, all right, what else is going on in terms of follow-up? This is some really great follow-up that we got from listener Gabriel by email. By the way, we get so much email about this show. Oh, oh we get some email about this show. Let me tell you about a small podcast that I like to call the Accidental Tech Podcast. All right, humble brag. <laughs> True. Okay, so let let me preface that by saying, so I have been able to engineer myself into a way where I barely get no email about my shows. Because nobody emails about Inquisitive because there's no follow-up. Right? Right. All of the connected email goes to Stephen. Ah, we get a little bit for virtual, but that mainly we get most of our feedback via Twitter because we ask for it to to be that way. Mm-hmm. But we do. But when we get email about that show, whenever we get email about virtual, it's essays, right? Really? Yeah, we get huge, like pieces that people write to us. Um, and the pen addict people write to Brad because, oh. They want to know what he thinks. And also, I have the email go directly to him. You were the first person that has noticed my trick. Yes. And this week requested that I also receive the email. Yes. And then what did I do? Replied to it all. Uh, Sort of. So what I did was I set up a filter. And I, and this is in Gmail. So I set up a filter that said, you know, anytime we get a email with a particular subject line that, that, that is automatically entered on the um, website, not only should I receive it, but I should forward it to your email address. And then as Gmail does, it says, do you want to apply this filter to the 20 some odd messages that have already occurred that this filter theoretically applies to? And for a brief moment, I thought, hmm. Should I really spam my good friend Mike with all I that would email? Have, I would have literally deleted it all instantly, so it wouldn't have been a problem anyway. Like, well, I I would did, have... But I did do it. I thought. Did I not? No. Oh, it didn't. must not have gone through. That's annoying. Because oh. I definitely I definitely hit the spam that, that jerk button. No, you would have known about it. I would have deleted I, I was them surprised. immediately. I was surprised you didn't yell at me. That's weird. Oh, well. That's weird. I wonder what happened to all that email. All right, so we, we got distracted from our listener, Gabriel, who wrote in a very nice and interesting question. Yeah, but basically, to sum up that, that point, though, you continue to respond to it. I see it sometimes respond, but you continue to do the responding, which is great. Right. We need One day, we're going to talk about email in more depth. Oh, and how I'm terrible at it. I hate it, and I want it to die. No, you're, you're actually not terrible at email. Because you respond to the email. What makes me bad at email is I have many emails that I just don't respond to. See, in my in my eyes, that makes you good at email. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that see, there you go. There's the there's the interesting dichotomy of email right there. So, from listener Gabriel, in episode three, you talked about how you would feel if approached by a stranger who knew where you were um, after you broadcast your location on a social network. Two things. Have you considered dropping a pin in Google Maps and sending the link via DM or text? Under normal circumstances, it's very private. No, I'd never considered doing that ever in my life. 
Have you ever thought about doing that? I didn't even know uh, you could do that. Uh, I don't think you can in terms of a DM, actually. Uh, I love Twitter, except today, but I love Twitter. And one of the bad, 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 bad things about Twitter is you cannot send links in direct messages. And so I don't think a Google Maps link would work when sent in a direct message. Now, I did know that you can drop a pin in Apple Maps and send that via iMessage to a friend. And I do that every great once in a while. But, and I believe I responded to Gabriel um, via email, but the point I made to him was sometimes, and let's take WWDC as an example, I might say to you, hey, I'm at the bar and geotag it with, you know, the Park 55 um, geotag. And I said that to you quasi-publicly because there might be other friends of ours, like Matt Alexander or Jason Snell or or whomever, that might see that and show up. And when it's somebody that you know, <laughs> when it's somebody that you know, it's it. I don't view that as creepy because I have a relationship with this person. It's when it's people that you don't know that just go out of their way to show up. That's when it's creepy. But his email continues. Okay. The other thing is, what if someone approaches you because they recognize your voice or face? How is that less creepy than someone approaching you because of the geo-check-in? I've had a few people ask me that question. Yes. I so, don't think it's it's the same because they've recognized me and they're already in the place. They've not made a point of. Um, they've even not made a point of trying to find out or like seeing it and then made an action. They've like recognized my voice or face and then come up to. This is is a very very fine line between those two things. I appreciate, but it does yeah. feel a little bit different to me. Right, I agree completely. Um, I feel like if you're sitting somewhere and happen to look up and see me or Mike. And you come up to us, whatever. You didn't go out of your way to arrive at the particular bar or, or restaurant or what have you that we're sitting in. You just happen to be there. And absolutely, come up and say hi. It's great to meet someone that has listened to your to your podcast or, or read your website or, or what have you. And even better, if they actually kind of like it. Um, but like you said, the thing that, that kind of freaks me out is when somebody diverts or just leaves their hotel room or does something deliberate in order to come and find you. That, to me, is a little bit weird. And it just strikes me as... Across, you know, there's that line in the sand between creepy and not so creepy. And when you're going out of your way to arrive at an establishment that you weren't already at, that strikes me as creepy. And yes, you can like, what if this to death? Well, what if I was going to the Park 55 and then I saw the tweet and then I thought I'd say hi? Well, okay, fine. I mean, there, there's there's so many different scenarios that you could play this out. All I think Mike and I are trying to say is this is the way we look at it. You might not find that creepy. I find that a little creepy. And that's just kind of the, the way it is. And this sort of kind of relates to another piece of feedback, which I don't remember seeing, which I'm really upset by because I would have commented on this had I, re- had I recalled seeing it. Before we get to that, I had a, another question I wanted to oh, ask I'm sorry. from you. You didn't know I wanted to ask it. But um, outside of WWDC, have you ever been recognized? three times that I can think of once at the Apple store, um, which sort of kind of makes sense. Um, once when I was at lunch with a couple of old coworkers, uh, not too far from my office, actually don't be creepy. And somebody came up to me and said, Hey, are you Casey? I really love the show, which was extremely nice of them. And, and I don't mean this, this is going to sound really 
jerky, but I can't think of a better way to phrase it. Um, they they said hi. They said I appreciate your you know your work or I really enjoy the show or what have you. And then they moved along. And that's that to me is the very respectful way of going about that exchange. Yeah, don't hang you know, around. And it's not. Yeah. I mean, not to say I wouldn't have entertained a you know a little bit of conversation very yeah. quickly, but and and especially at WWDC, it's a very different animal. I try. Oh to yeah, least, talk to me all day. Like it's right. a different scenario. Yeah. But when I'm out in quote unquote the real world, and and all of a sudden somebody comes up to me, it's very flattering and very nice to, to have that person say, "Hey, you know, I really like your work." And then it's also extremely flattering and very nice for that person to move along with their day so I can move along with mine. What's the third um, time? The third time was actually before, not this past WWDC, but the one prior. I was sitting with our dear friend Underscore in Dulles waiting to get on the airplane to take me to San Francisco. And somebody sitting a row or two behind me in the little gate area said, excuse me, are you Casey? And what was interesting was we had our backs to each other, but he recognized my voice. And it was the creepiest, in the best possible way. That was the first way. one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the first yeah. one. And it was the creepiest, weirdest. And, and again, creepy has a negative connotation. I mean it in a good way in this sense. But it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. And it was very, very cool and very weird. And that was, to some degree, the moment at which I felt like I had kind of arrived. Somebody recognized me in a concert. In really? London, in London, yeah. Wow, <laughs> that was the that was the first time it happened to me outside of a, a, an area where you'd expect. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that that was fun. Oh God, I can I cannot imagine. That's very funny. So we have one last piece of uh, follow up, and this is from Jay Torres. Uh-huh. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this is what I, I I was mentioning a second ago. I really wish I had seen this. I don't recall having seen this, and I'm and I'm a very devout completionist about my at mentions. Replies, this was what today. Oh well, that's probably why. Yeah, today was a rough day in the in the Caseyless Twitter area world. But anyway, uh, Jay Torres says uh, in 2011 I saw an old friend check into a bar on Facebook. I asked if we could meet up, which quick aside, very respectable. That's the right way to approach things. Hey, I see you're nearby. Would you mind if I come and hang out? Anyway, so I asked if we could meet up. I married her last week. What a delightful story to tell in 140 yeah. characters. No sarcasm intended. That is marvelous. I loved it. That was why I put it in, wanted to put it in the show rather than just reply or mention it. Like, because it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is a nice story. Really I mean, obviously there are a lot of, uh, like, he's not, he's not talking about what we're talking about now. This is follow-up based on just the general, you see someone check in and go up to them discussion we were having last week. But, just fantastic like so you know there are benefits to doing this sort of stuff naturally jay is yeah. testament to that yeah absolutely and and again I, to tell an entire story like that in 140 uh, in 140 characters and make it so delightful hats off to you jay torres that's fine. and enjoy married life being married is awesome don't let anyone tell you otherwise all right let's move on but before we do why don't you tell me something that's really really cool these days let me tell you about lynda.com Lynda.com is an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. So Lynda provides you with fantastic videos, video courses, created by experts in their respective fields, whether it be software, web development, and so much more. 
Linda works directly with industry experts and software companies to provide timely training, often the same day new versions or releases hit the market so you're always up to speed. These are not like homemade videos that you'll find on YouTube. They're done in professional recording environments. Um, they've done all of the audio is recorded with professional audio equipment. The courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces so you can learn at your own pace and you're able to learn from start to finish or just find a quick answer. You can jump around in their searchable transcripts, which is really cool. So if you remember, oh, what was that thing that I spoke about? Or I just need to find out about this in this Xcode video where you can search for it, go straight to that video and watch for a few minutes. They have playlists. And they can also give you certificates of course completion, which is you can publish these to your LinkedIn profile if that's something that's important to you or you're a professional, or maybe you just print them and put them on the wall. Whatever you want, really. You know, if you want to feel like super important, I completed this course, print it out, put it on the wall. Casey, how many certificates do you have on the wall, just in general? Uh, None. However, I did ask Aaron to frame my BMW performance driving school oh, completion Casey. certificate. And well, but the reason is it was a great memory and I have a picture of underscore and Marco and I, um, somewhere at the, at the event. And so I, that, it's more about the memory than it is about the certificate itself. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, lynda.com has courses for all experience levels and you can learn on the go with their mobile apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. One low monthly price of $25 gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials, and you can choose from a whole host of topics. Topics covering, for example, developer stuff. Maybe you want to learn how to be an iPhone developer. Well, you can get courses there. They have 3D and animation. Let's say you want to be like our friends at Defocused and you want to start learning 3D or uh, special effects type stuff. They've got that. Maybe you want to be a podcaster. Well, they have audio and music production courses, and they have courses on Logic, which I've used to help move stuff, and I'm planning to go in and dig into a bit more to make our show sound even better. Photography, design, they have courses on all of it. Now, we've worked out a super cool deal with lynda.com to provide you with a special offer to access all of their courses for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash analog to try Lynda out for free, completely for free, for seven days. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash a-n-a-l-o-g-u-e. They also mm-hmm. do it without, they also have a URL without the U-E. The That's UK why they're site. awesome. Thank you so much to Lynda for their support of Analog and Relay FM. So they have, do they have courses in both 3D and 3D? <laughs> I love you. That's, that is the thing that I am most conscious of. And oh, I'm just giving you a hard that time. I am most uh, uh See, now I feel like a about. jerk. I feel like a jerk. Well, I'm this sorry. is the place to talk about it, right? I mean, I, I may, I've That's made true. the joke many times, and it's true. How, so, how in trying to correct that, sometimes I go too far and will say like Thor instead of four. Uh, and yeah, because but it's it's something that people. It was the thing, the only real thing that people would complain to me about about the way that I talk. Um, if you really want to hear it, just go back as far as you can find. So maybe like I don't know episode one of command space or maybe actually if you go right back to the episode one of the pen addict and listen to how i sound there and how i sound now um steven pointed this out to me first and i hadn't noticed it but my accent has changed yeah i notice you say uh, mobile instead of mobile as no an not just the words like my actual accent is different now yeah yeah are we, Ameri- are we making you american because as much as i'm I giving you so. a hard time 
See, as much as I'm giving you a hard time, that's that's not good. I, your accent is delightful. As much as I've liked to poke fun, don't let anyone take it from you, especially me. I can't help it. I, I've not purposely tried to change my accent. I think it's as well as I have just tried to enunciate better. It's making me more uh, transatlantic in my speak. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, enough about this uh, because your accent's delightful. Don't let me ruin it. Let's talk about something in which we know pretty much zero. Let's talk about the iPhone 6. Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't going to be like what you guys, I assume, did on Connected. I haven't had a chance to listen. What we probably will talk about on ATP later tonight when we record it. But what Mike and I thought we would talk about is just in general, how do you approach getting the shiny new toy? And is it worth it? How Are you sure it's worth it? What makes you think it's worth it? Why don't you think it's worth it? What if everyone you know is getting one? And all sorts of other associated questions. So let's start by setting the stage a little bit. Mike, what iPhone are you using at this moment as we record? An iPhone 5S. Okay. And in Europe, or specifically in England, are you guys on contracts like in America where you... you get a subsidized phone that's much cheaper than the actual cost or are you just going um like you you're you buying the phones outright i am currently on contract i will be buying the next iphone outright okay we, we will explore that in a moment mm-hmm. to set the stage i have an iphone 5s up until this point i've always been on a two-year cycle so i had a 3gs i had a 4s now i have a 5s And I am on a two-year contract, so if I were to buy a new iPhone this year, I would either need to join the completely financially terrible and imprudent AT&T Next program or something like that, or I would just need to buy it outright as well. So that is the way the world stands. Now, in the past, Mike, have you gone every single year or every other year or some other... I've had all of the iPhones except the 3GS. Oh, interesting. Including the very original. Yeah. Why did you skip the 3GS, just out of curiosity? Uh, I was in a contract, and the upgrade didn't seem like enough. Hmm, Interesting. I've heard the 3G was pretty rough, but either way. Yeah, but Um, that was the first S. So uh, that's true. You know, nobody so, really knew exactly. We didn't know that what we would then we would always fall into this because all it did was it added a faster processor and and video recording. They were the only things that I could think of. So I went from three G to four. I see. All right. So it is standard operating procedure for you to purchase a new iPhone pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. All right. It is not for me. And unlike some families where. Somehow they've maneuvered it in such a way that, and when I say families, I'm talking about um, husband and wife couples or, you know, dedicated um, couples in in, in the same way. Um, Some families, the way it works is, like, I think my parents have this set up, is that somebody gets a new new phone every single year. And so I believe what happens is my dad, who is much more into technology and all the new stuff, he'll get a new phone every year on a contract and on upgrade. And then every year when he gets the new phone, mom gets his year old hand-me-down. And because my mom, who is awesome in many ways, but does not care about technology, she's completely satisfied with that. Now, Aaron and I are not on that schedule. Aaron and I are on the same train as everyone else. We both have five S's. So Steven and his wife had done that, but this time he let her have the upgrade. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think well, he was just being nice. So this upcoming week, uh, actually the day after this should be released, if all goes according to plan, there is an Apple event and everyone expects that the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6, the iPhone 6s, whatever, will be announced. iPhone Air and iPhone Pro. Oh, is that your vote? Interesting. Spoiler alert, well, I still haven't listened to Connected. No, I don't really say it, but I, I do think they're going to go names because I think it's going to be two. So I think they're going to go names, not numbers. Well, that's very interesting. Mm. Cool. Now I get to sound smart on an ATP. Well, it gives them... I actually don't think I said this. This is in my head, but this gives them the ability to create the line. That They're not just unveiling a phone, potentially, if there is two. They're unveiling a product line. So now that mm-hmm. now is the time to break the numbers. And they kind of need to break the numbers anyway because eventually you just end up with iPhone 12, which just sounds dumb. Yep. Um, so you've got to break it at some point. This would be a perfect breaking off point. That's true. But this is not that. That's not the show. That's not feelings. No. We should talk well, that's about a, That's how I feel about this situation. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well done. Okay, so do you? why do you upgrade every year? Let me start there. There is no other way of saying it primarily than I want to. Okay, that's fair. Just because you want the new hotness? I just want the new phone. Um, I mean, I, there's, a, there's a part later where I want to talk about justifications, mm-hmm. but they are justifications. The reason I do it is because I want, it, I want the new iPhone every year. I, I want to have it, and that's why I do it. Okay. So what I've been struggling with is I'm, I suspect that I'm going to be in a position after Tuesday that I'm really, really going to want the new phone, which is interesting because I don't think I want a bigger phone, although remind me of this in like six weeks or a year and six weeks, depending on how strong my <laughs> uh, self-control is, but Nevertheless, I suspect I'm going to want the new phone. No, this is and what you said when you got the 5S, though. You were like, I remember you saying when you got it, you were like, I didn't think I wanted a bigger phone. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely true. And part of the reason I resisted the 5, well, there were several reasons. One, I don't think I had the disposable income at that point. And by the way, I probably don't now, but I'm trying not to remember that. But uh, two, I really didn't think I wanted a bigger phone. Even the marginal increase that the the 5s brought over the or in my or the 5 brought over the 4s then i got one and i realized well the the difference was so small yeah this really is actually kind of good so i suspect that come tuesday i'm going to see something and i'm going to say holy crap i really want this new phone and so now i get in this struggle with how do i well why do i want that and is it really because it's going to improve my life or is it just because I want the shiny new toy? And I don't know. I mean, we can't we can't decide now whether or not it'll improve my life. But I can tell you, I am going to want the shiny new toy. And that's the way I've been since ever. You know, and I think I'm similar to you in this way, Mike, in that I've always wanted the shiny new thing. Now, I didn't always get the shiny new thing, of course, especially when I was younger. But I've always wanted it. Yeah, jo- and- Joe Steele just asked in the chat room, um, is a two-part question. One's about sacrifices, which we'll come to. But if if I he asked if I weren't doing technology podcasts, would I still feel the need? I've been buying these phones for longer than I've been podcasting. So yeah. Uh-huh. And see, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, because I just this is just something that I really 
love and care about and probably am a little bit addicted to. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I think for me, I would still want a new phone every year. And now I'm kind of jumping ahead to justify to justification and, and how do I justify potentially getting a six this year on an off year. Part of it is because I'm telling myself that it is reasonable and prudent for me to want to have the newest phone in order to do things like talk about it on ATP. Now, if I really back up and take an honest look at the situation and appraise it reasonably, one of my two co-hosts on ATP has never, ever owned an iPhone ever. (laughs) Yeah, you can't use that excuse. And somehow he's still able to talk about new phones. And granted, John Syracuse is annoyingly, annoyingly bright, but nevertheless, he can talk about it just fine. And you know what? I could probably talk about the new phone just fine too. But one could at least make an argument that it is reasonable and prudent for me to go ahead and upgrade because there there is an expectation in my second job, side hustle, whatever you want to call ATP, that I'm going to be able to talk about it, and preferably from firsthand experience. All right, so we jump into justification. That's the justification everyone makes, right? It's the justification that I make. I say, well, you know, these days I kind of have to. And I feel like there is an element of it, right? I feel like I have listened to podcasts. John Syracuse gets a pass on this. I don't know why. And they're like, oh, talking about the phones. I haven't got one, but this is my my feelings about it. It's like, well... From 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 where do your feelings come from? You're not making an informed opinion. You, your opinion cannot be informed because you do not have the thing in which you're basing your opinion on. Your opinion is based on conjecture um, rather than any, any actual information that you've been able to garner. Hence why I have a problem with sometimes with the way that people talk about Android. I was just going to say that. Get out of my head. Because I feel like I can make informed opinions on it because I used it. I used it primarily for a few months, at least at one point. Um, so, you know, I, I have a base for my feelings about it. I feel like some people are too quick to to judge, and, and that goes in both, uh, in both ways. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like to, to make these things, to make these arguments, you have to have an informed opinion opinion about them however it is just it is a justification and it's a justification that we make to our loved ones so they try not to question um our purchasing decisions in in such a light but i mean you can go back to them and say well i paid for this out of the money that i make because i do this thing and for me to continue to do this thing i have to be relevant so these are justifications, but they are only just justifications. They are not the reason. They are the reason that we tell ourselves as to why we do it. And that was why when you asked me what my reason was, it, my reason comes down to the fact that I want the new iPhone because it's what I want. I love my iPhone. I love the iPhone. And I want new iPhones every year because it's something that I'm interested in. Do you have any other justifications that you try and apply to these things? And do you feel that your justification really is valid? So do I have any other justifications? Well, one could argue that 
there may come a time sometime in the next year <laughs> that I might update Fast Text, which is my very, very silly, very simple app that I have in the App Store that um, <clears throat> it uh, <clears throat> still isn't uh, <clears throat> updated for iOS 7, but that's okay. So um, there may come a time that I will want to update Fast Text for iOS 8 and just leapfrog right over iOS 7 and potentially want it to support the new form factors well. And having at least one of the new form factors on the assumption that there are two will help me test a little better rather than having to rely on somebody else who has one. So that is another justification. Additionally, every great once in a while, I do this sort of thing for work for my J-O-B job. And Although in the end of the day, they would probably have to buy like a new large sized iPod touch or something like that. If a client asked us to do a new iPhone app, it certainly wouldn't hurt to have one of those new iPhones in house. So like you were saying, you can make arguments that, that there are valid reasons in order for me to get one. But at the same time, it's a stretch, if I'm really honest with myself. I mean, doesn't that sound like a stretch to you? I think it is a stretch uh, because I think as well, like the the I need it for my job. Job. If you really did that, buy one, right? You don't you don't need to sacrifice your own money, right, to buy it. As you as you said, right? They would buy a device, whether they have an iPod Touch of this form factor, if there's going to be a new one or whatever. Um. So, why did you make the decision previously not to do it then? Because I, as I've gotten older, especially one, as sad as it is, once I had to pay for things myself and didn't have, you know, I wasn't in college or university, if you will, and I wasn't in high school. Um, once I had to really pay for things for myself, once I had my first real J-O-B job, it became quickly abundantly obvious to me that frivolous spending just isn't possible. And when I got out of college, my my grades in college were terrible. I landed a a, a real honest to goodness, you know, programming job, but I wasn't paid terribly well, probably because I didn't do well in school, and it was it was hard. I mean, it it was a special treat for me to get myself like a Big Mac from McDonald's once a week for dinner. And yes, you can judge me about how terrible McDonald's is that you're missing the point. The point I'm driving at is this like five or six dollar meal in two thousand four dollars that was a big deal like I didn't just spend six dollars on a meal willy nilly and that was instrumental in cementing some amount of frugality within me and that still lingers to this day and a great reason for me not to get an iPhone six is that uh, my wife Erin has just taken a leave of absence from work and so we're down to one paycheck now. And so spending probably almost $1,000 on a new phone when I really don't need to, probably not a good plan. Now, to argue with myself briefly, on the other side of the coin, I do make some amount of money from this side hustle of doing podcasting. And like you were saying earlier, there's a pretty reasonable argument that, hey, I should stay current. I should use some of that money in order to keep current. And actually someone in the chat, who is this? Uh, Ratig? I probably pronounced that wrong, sorry. But anyway, here she said, there's nothing bad in principle if you can afford it about buying something you're irrationally excited about. 
And I think this is one of those things, potentially. But do as I say, not as I do. Make sure it's something you can actually afford. And I'm pretty sure we can, but I better be pretty darn sure that we can. So without trying to cause a um, marital dispute in the Liz household. Right. Aaron does listen to the show, so tread lightly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you decide you're going to buy this phone and it's going to cost you $800 to do so, Mm -hmm. and you decide you're going to buy that out of ATP money, Mm -hmm. your side gig that Mm -hmm. you don't need to do is probably extra income, I'm going to assume. Mm -hmm. Right, and Erin doesn't want you to do that she would prefer you not to do that Mm -hmm. but you decide you're going to do it well you're assuming I would ever do that but carry on you are are deciding in this instance to defy your lady love Mm -hmm. are you right to do so? no and let me tell you why Um, the way that we treat our finances. Now we're getting inside baseball on our marriage, which is a little creepy. You, don't, but... you, you can stop at any point. No, no, no. I, I, we're good. We're good. The way we treat our finances is when both of us was working and now while I'm working, something like 95 or 99% of the income that both of us make goes into one checking account that we both share. And then just a little sliver goes into individual bank accounts for moments like these. Uh, Aaron has an account that I have no access to, and I have an account that she has no access to. And again, the lion's share of our income goes to a joint account, and we talk to each other when we make decisions based on that money. But we wanted to have a little bit on the side for each of us to do things like buy gifts or to do things like say, okay, Aaron, I appreciate the fact that you would really prefer I not spend our money on this phone. And to be honest, I'd probably stop there. But let's assume, I'm, like you said, I really, really want it. You're dead set on it, basically. I am dead set. Well, in that case, I can say to her, you know what? That's reasonable. I'm going to use my money for this. And that happens very rarely. And to be honest, if I was as dead set on it as we're saying in this hypothetical, knowing Erin and knowing that she's pretty much the best wife ever, she'd probably say, okay, I'm not sure I understand this. But if it's that important to you, then it's important to me that you have it. So do you do you have to do you have to do, do, do things have to come into question if you're using your own your own money? No, the, the, you can do whatever you want with that in your in your sort of the way that you have worked that out. Right in the mega air quotes prenup because we didn't actually have one, but our agreement that that we reached verbally, you know, early on in our relationship was, you know, hey these these accounts are our own and. Certainly, you can voice an opinion about what we do with this money, but in the end of the day, this money is yours to do with as you please. It is the cornbread from the green mile, if you will. And when, so, you, when you said early on in your relationship, I imagined like second date. Oh no, I, no, that's not fair. We didn't. We didn't. I, that's a fair point. Um, we we uh, we didn't have a joint account until at, we were at least engaged, if not married. Yeah, that's, but um, that's the right time to do it. Right. But but yeah, so so that's the whole purpose of this. And and not to get into like Casey's marriage advice, but I, I it's really the marriage like that advice arrangement. for right, you. Exactly. <laughs> um, I really like that arrangement because it allows us to be independent with smaller sums of money. But if I'm gonna go out and buy a car, I'm gonna have to use our money. And I'm not gonna do that without talking to Erin. And if I did, she has every right to kick my butt and make me, you know, sleep on the couch for months. 
And if I were to do that, she might actually do that. And you know, if I were to just come home with a car, she probably would make me sleep on the couch for months and it would be deserved. Okay. I'm sorry for having to 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 make you dig into your marriage and, and I No, 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 no. no. It, this is fine. But I just thought it was interesting because I, I, I wonder because I am not a married man. I do not live with right. my significant other. So we don't we don't have to have these conversations. She can judge my purchasing decisions um and can try and have dis- discussions with me if she thinks I'm making a bad uh, decision. But she knows that, that there isn't a financial tie between us. And I know that. So, and I wouldn't, you know, so there's a difference there. We don't have a financial tie. If I'm going to spend 5,000 pounds on something, she could be like, you need to rethink this because we kind of would like to have a future together and you're blowing every single penny <laughs> you have to your name, right? And, and that right. I understand, but... I am currently, and I will be buying these things out of my extra money, my podcasting money, um, because I still have a job, apparently, that I do. <laughs> that I do. So that you know, there's a difference there. So I just wondered how it worked for you. So it feels to me when we're having this conversation that you are going to buy a new iPhone. Well, so it feels yeah. this way. Uh, and I'm wondering why sight unseen you're making this decision, or at least your your words are making this decision, whether you know it or not. No, that's that completely fair. Why don't you tell me about something else that's really cool, and then I will be happy to answer your question. Such a pro. You knew this I was what gonna, I do. You knew I was doing that. Yep, yes. this is what I do. Sympatico. This episode of Analog is also brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. If you have ever used SharePoint or have an internet that feels like it was built in the 90s, you're going to know just how an internet can be dull and unengaging. Not only will it be seldom used and out of date, I can bet that there's no human feeling in it there either. But Igloo has come to fix this like a hero from the night. That's what I'm going with. Igloo knows that connecting staff in meaningful ways makes your office a more fun place to be and really helps to extend the culture that you're trying to build at your workplace. The starting point for creating an engaging internet is design. This is more than just tacking your logo into the top left corner and changing the colors. Your internet should be a reflection of your company in the look, feel, and tone. With Igloo, everything is widget-based and drag-and-drop, so it's simple to brand and configure your internet to reflect your business and to set it up just the way that you want to. You can enable the things that feel right and disable those that don't. Igloo is built with apps, giving you the flexibility to change the structure and presentation of your internet. This can take its form from a content-driven web page feel all the way out to where one feels like it's activity, where it's built with these activity feeds and there's things going on all the time and there's conversations happening and it's right at the center. That's what Igloo can do. It can take it however you want. If you want to create one or the other, you can, but it takes from like just pages of information that you usually find on an internet to an active living thing where the people that are in the company are contributing and making the internet what it is. You can customize everything inside your igloo with the ability to add HTML, CSS, and JavaScript globally across a team space or even on a single page. And you can see all of this happening on the igloo website at igloosoftware.com as it's actually built on top of the igloo platform. Anyone with the appropriate permissions can publish content with their WYSIWYG editor and you can even build your own apps with their custom widget builder. 
Igloo is free to use with up to 10 people. You can find out more and sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash analog. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of Analog and all of Relay FM. All right. Now, do you recall approximately the question you asked to reframe it so I can answer it most appropriately? Okay. So this conversation that we're having has had you telling me how you have these decisions that you make with your family and your loved ones, rationalizations that you make in your own head, and how you've never done this before. You've always waited until you're out of contract. Spending $700 to $800 on something would be insane. But... There is a feeling that I am getting that you have decided that you're buying a new iPhone, and I want to know why. So I haven't decided. You but have if I'm decided. Honest, but if I'm honest with myself, I would bet on me getting a new phone. And why? If I'm and if I'm honest with you and the listeners, I might have um, maybe already kind of floated this idea with Aaron a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and, you and definitely so, did before this episode. Oh, I certainly would have, but yes, it actually happened a week or two ago. Um, and, you know, I could tell you a hundred different reasons and justify it a hundred different ways, as I've already tried to do. But if I'm honest with myself, I wonder if some of it, maybe even a lot of it, is because I want to keep up with the Joneses. And a lot of my peer group not in meat space, real world, what have you, but a lot of my peer group on the internet, like Marco, like underscore, like you, a lot of my peer group tends to upgrade every single year. And let me give you the most first world of first world problems. It is kind of a bummer to be at WWDC. You can start hating me already. To be at WWDC and know that you've got this old and busted 5S when everyone around you has that shiny new 6. Now you can definitely hate me. I mean, I will be the first to tell you, this is a total first world obnoxious narcissistic problem. And really, actually, it's not even a problem. But it would be, it would be unfair of me to, to sit here and talk to you and not recognize the fact that at least in part, it's nice to keep up with the Joneses. And as you get older... And as you get more successful, I don't think it's terribly unreasonable to reward yourself, kind of like we uh, discussed a few minutes ago. Do you feel like you need to keep up with the Joneses, or are you better about that than I am? You've just been invited to sit at the lunch table um, yeah, and with all the cool kids, and then a month later, they've all bought Air Jordans, but you don't have Air Jordans, you just have mm-hmm. Walmart tennis shoes. Yep. That's what it is. Whether that's right or wrong, or whether anybody's intending it to be that way or not, that is kind of how it feels from what you're how you're explaining it to me. Um I'd already had the feeling to buy a new phone every year before I was sitting at dinner tables in San Francisco with people. Um but I can see how that is a, a factor. I can totally get that because it is very much like that. And especially for people like us who probably weren't sitting at that lunch table. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're now at the lunch table would be more of a reason to want to try and keep up with the Joneses, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for me, um, I don't know, maybe I'm making maybe I'm being self-centered, but especially for me as someone who rose out of pretty much nothingness ahem, who the hell is Casey, into being 
somewhat of a somebody. I, I almost feel a social obligation to keep up with the Joneses. Like, I'm I'm really here now, guys. I'm one of you. Look, I'm one of you because I also got a, a, an iPhone 6. You know, upgrade contracts be damned. And that is an absurd, stupid, wasteful, um, non-responsible, un- irresponsible, irresponsible feeling. But it's a feeling. And it's a powerful one. I tell you what. And I don't think it's the driving force behind me already floating with Aaron that I might want to get a new phone, but it would be a complete and outright lie to say it wasn't at least a factor. By this point in the show, we've already, when it's released, we've already received emails and tweets that are about to ask this question that I'm going to ask. And yes, this is a valid point, but I don't think it's necessarily pertinent to the decision. Yes, you can. And I do sell my old phones and recoup a big chunk of the money invested. That's not the point, though, in this scenario, I don't think. It's not necessarily the price. It's the idea of doing it, I think, that is the thing. Would you agree? Yeah, and in the past, I've never really sold my old, old phones because it's. I've always been on an upgrade cycle. But also, in the interest of full disclosure, I say sheepish, sheepishly as I shuffle about here um i've had a page open on gazelle.com uh with a 5s and what is it worth and i'm about to hit the go button um because i suspect that aaron will not want a new phone which uh, to be fair i said to her if i'm going to get a new one it is absolutely fair for you to get a new one too and because she's normal and not crazy like me she said yeah i doubt it'll be an issue and lock, so lock I was, that price in right now, by the way. Do yeah, it now. I know. Yeah. And so what I've been planning on doing is I will get rid of her 5S because it's a 32 gig, give her my 5S because it's a 64 gig, and then at least she's getting some modicum of an upgrade. Of course, now she's probably listening to this, shaking her head and thinking, why would I ever need all that space? But it makes me feel better, I guess, in the end of the oh, day. Oh, she's going to make you buy a new one for her. Uh, possibly i I doubt it but it's it's possible but um but yeah so i don't know i i I certainly will probably try to sell it via gazelle and i know that there's other ways to do it where you'll make more money and blah 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 but but to your point mike the reason i'm hemming and hawing so much about it isn't as much the money which is tremendous it's a lot of money but to some degree to do this to get a new phone would be an admission to myself that I'm that guy. I'm the, I get a new one every year, no matter what guy. And that in it isn't a bad thing. Like I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself, but I've never been that guy before. And now I'm potentially crossing into being that guy. And that that's a slippery slope. And to be a little dramatic about it, am I that guy about phones and then iPads? And that am I that guy about phones, iPads, and Macs? Yeah, because I mean, once you do this once, which you will be doing, you need to resign to the fact that you're going to do this every <laughs> year now. Because why right, would right. you stop? Mm-hmm. You know, you, I'm now yep. looking at Apple's, like just the Apple Store, to just try and work out how much money I need to be setting aside. Because I, I'm, I'm kind of selling mine, but kind of not. I, with my phones, they go one of two places. I either sell them to a UK equivalent of Gazelle called Mazuma, 
um, or I give them to a family of family member or friend for a much lower price. So this time I'm actually going to be passing this phone off to my lady friend for a price that we've not decided yet, but it'll probably be like 200 pounds, which is probably like 50% of even the price that I might get for it if I was to sell it now. Um, because she's using an iPhone four, and I can't oh, bear, I can't bear to look at it anymore because <laughs> her the, the her the, that phone is just she has I think she has an eight gig as well. Oh goodness! Yeah, so she has to just like to, to start listening to my shows. She's had to like delete a bunch of stuff. It's just like it it hurts me, and I feel bad for her, and I really want her to have a. A, a better phone life than the one that she's got. She's not going to know. She is not going to know what to do with this. I think uh, because the the, the upgrade is going to be so massive. Yeah. Uh, but, well, to be fair, you said she had to delete things to listen to your shows, but let's be honest. You probably release over eight gigs worth of shows on a weekly basis. Close. Uh, it's <laughs> many, many hundreds of megabytes. All right. So let me ask you this, Mike, mm-hmm. and and this is perhaps obvious but i'd like to ask anyway everyone says there's going to be a wearable on tuesday let's assume there is let's assume that you have a weakness for wearable devices because well you do and let's assume for the sake of conversation that it is roughly as much as a subsidized iphone so in american dollars that's two to three hundred dollars i have no facts to base any of this on it just seems like an interesting conversation to have there's a $300, two or $300 wearable, you're interested, you're already looking at several hundred dollars or you know several hundred pounds to get the phone, and now you're looking at a wearable. Do you get both? Do you get just one, assuming the wearable is, is compatible with the 5S? Do you get the six and then hope somebody hope that Santa's good to you this year? What do you think you'll do? Let me just check my bank account balance, and I'll, I'll get right back <laughs> to you. Uh, I'm... It's it's highly unlikely that I wouldn't buy both. Like, I I strongly expect that I will be buying both of them. And that's completely fair. I, when I was having this internal civil war with myself about whether or not to do a new phone, and as I was talking to Aaron about it, never did it cross my mind that it may not be just an $800 phone, you know, just an $800 phone. What if it's also like, a $300 watch wearable ring power pad power glove thing then what and honestly i haven't even thought about it and i already feel like a terrible awful selfish human being slash husband to look aaron in the eye and say i think i really want to do this to say to her not only do i want to do this not only do i want to spend twice roughly what i would spend if we were you know off contract and coming back on contract But on top of that, I'd like to throw in an additional, I mean, basically I'm buying myself two phones. I'm buying myself an on-contract phone, which is the $300 wearable, and I'm buying myself an off-contract, did I get that right? You know what I mean? An off-contract phone that is the $800 phone. So I'm looking at buying basically a computer worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. You could get a cheap used car for $1,200. I mean, that's, that's not insignificant. And I, honest to goodness, do not know what I would do if it comes to that. Like if this is a wearable that I want, which knowing me, it will be. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's a there's a s- strong uh, chance that I will be sinking a thousand pounds. Right? Is that this. not insane? Like, if we really take a step back, oh, it's ridiculous! It's oh. so dumb. It's probably going to be the last time I'll be able to do it. 
Yeah. Um, unless Relay really takes off. Because so have we told you about Linda? <laughs> I expect <laughs> next year, touch wood, that this will be my only source of income. Um, so, But I don't know how much income that's going to be. You know, It could be twice what I get from both already. It could be less than what I currently earn just from my day job, which I can live on, of course. Um, but that, that will make a difference when it comes to making this decision. And that's going to be really difficult because then it becomes as important. It's as important, if not more, for the whole credibility thing that we spoke about earlier. So sure. that next year is when I'm sure it will become a problem for me. Yeah. And, and to that end, this is, to some degree, my last chance to do something really frivolous financially because we have a baby and that baby is due, or we, we're having a baby and that baby is due early November. Not, and to, convenient- not to be that guy, but isn't this the time when, when you're thinking about a child, you would need the most money? Well, rather than when the child's here. Yes, that is correct. But most of the big preparatory expenditures have already happened. Right. And once once the child is here, then I I, I can't look, I can barely look at my wife who is not blood and say, "Hey honey, I think I'd like to blow $1200 because I'm I can't say no." But to look at my wife and child and say, hey, guys, I want to spend $1,200 of money that we may or may not really have, that's just insane. And so I, to some degree, I feel like if I'm going to do something stupid, now is the last chance because this is the last chance I have for like, oh, 18 years or perhaps the rest of my life for it to be all about me. And so if I'm going to do it, now's the time. It actually, in a very similar yet different way to what you're talking about, like this might be the last time that you have a reasonable amount of disposable income for a while. Mm. And I suspect this might be the last time that I have a reasonable amount of disposable income for a while because diapers are expensive. Babies are expensive. I don't know what I'm doing. And we've got We've got, we bought a bunch of things and I bet you all of them are wrong because how are we going to know until the baby's here? And this might be my one, my one, you know, great adventure that I have left. What is that for? Was it Star Trek? Death is the only great adventure left. What am I thinking of? We need John Syracuse. I know. Uh, While we're talking about Sprout and you mentioned about the purchases, like these sort of purchases, when you're buying those sort of things for the baby, do you buy nicer things than you need to? Um, I don't think so. Aaron and I are of the opinion that we'd rather spend money than waste money, which mm. what, what I mean by that is I'd rather spend a little bit more and get something that I'm pretty confident is going to last, is going to work, and isn't going to have compromises rather than spend a little bit less but always have to deal with something that bothers me. So yep. as an example, you know, we are getting, or we, we haven't bought yet, but we are going to buy a reasonably nice Motorola baby monitor. It's, I think it's the one actually that Marco recommends on his baby stuff review, which we'll try to remember to put in the show notes. Um, it's not the most expensive one out there. It's probably not the best in the entire world, but we've had several friends, not just Marco and Tiff say, this one works really well. And, you know, we're going with that. 
and it's a lot more than some of the cheapo ones, but but we want something that we know is going to work. The Motorola MBP36 remote wireless video baby monitor with 3.5-inch color LCD screen, <laughs> infrared night vision, and remote camera pan, tilt, and zoom. Yep, that's it. So that's what we plan to do. That's special and, sounding. I think yeah, I just I, want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen it in use both with Marco and, and Tiff and Adam. But uh, we, like I said, we have other uh, friends who have the same have the same device and they love it as well. And I've seen them use it. Um, but as another example, when we were buying baby furniture, which we just did a couple of weeks ago for the nursery, we bought a reasonable set from Target that was like half the price of a very similar looking set from Babies R Us. Why did we do that? Because we couldn't figure out why we why we should spend twice the price for basically the same stuff. And we, Aaron and I are both very anal retentive, so we were looking through every review we could find across every website we could look at. And every review basically said some liked it, some didn't for both sets. And so we thought, why would we spend twice the money for what basically is the same stuff? And so we bought the cheaper set. It's not cheap by any means, but it's cheaper. So we like to spend enough to get something that will work and is nice, but I don't necessarily need to get the nicest. I'm quite a neurotic person. I can't even imagine making those purchase decisions. Oh, you have no idea how much we've gone back and forth. The whole time I'll be like, well, if I don't get the best, what if it falls apart when the baby's in? I couldn't. Oh, I don't. I don't know how I'll ever be able to have kids because I am so crazy i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna do it oh i uh, basically my purpose in life for the next 18 years is to not screw up what aaron does with sprout i just as realized long- how much this show is going to change once you're a dad oh, this show so is just you're just gonna cry for an hour and Pretty i'm gonna much. tell you it's okay That's, <laughs> i think you're absolutely right oh man I think you're absolutely right. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we're the two of us are completely neurotic. So we've been researching everything. We're probably everything we're, we've set up for is probably wrong. But we've been trying our darndest and and one thing that I'm really looking forward to about having Sprout around is I think it's going to force Aaron and I to go with the flow a little bit better. And I think both of us, especially me, could stand for that. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, you can find them at relay.fm slash analog slash four. I was interested to see how this episode was going to end up. I thought it was going to be with, and we'll see what we do in a few weeks, but I think everybody (laughs) knows what we're going to do. We're both buying new phones and probably new watches, but we'll see about that last part. So I hope that uh, you all have made your informed purchase decisions by this point, and uh, we'll be back next week to to, to discuss. Um, I'm sure in follow up we'll confirm our decisions, um, mm-hmm. and, and if there's any, there may be some interesting caveats. There might be a choice that we need to make, so maybe we can talk a little bit about what has informed the choices that we make. If there's going to be more than one device, for example, we'll see about that. If you'd like to catch up with us online, um, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter, and Casey is Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. It's Casey Liss. Um, and if you want to get in contact with us at relay.fm slash analog, you'll be able to find that. Did I tell you that we did a redirect on the URL as well? You told me, but I don't know if we've announced it on the show. For, for those of you that refuse to spell the word correctly, as it is intended by the language that you purport to speak, 
<laughs> so in other words, analog, with the U. Analog with the U-E as well. Um, Joe Steele's asking me a question in the chat room. Where can we send reply all email chains? Casey at CaseyList.com. Oh, you're a terrible human. It's not like you have a hidden email address, buddy. I know. All right, we should sign off before you also tell them, like, my social security number and home address. I wish I knew either of them. (laughs) All right, Mike. Well, we'll see what happens next week. And uh, you you can, if I pick up the phone next week with shame in my voice, then you'll know that I've done what I tried not to do and I've bought a new phone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Analog. Thank you very much to Linda and Igloo for sponsoring. We'll be back. Bye-bye.